2: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 955 and AM750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Uh, and we have, we are well into our discussion about whether or not Alex Jones should be banned from big tech. Uh, does big tech have the right or obligation to ban him? Is he is are they violating his free speech or are they simply exercising their private property rights? So that's the question. Uh so there's so much to so many nuances, so many rights and questions, real issues that require some thought and analysis and we have been having a great discussion about this. If you've missed it so far, uh my producer Binkley here will put up the podcast as soon as it's available, commercial free probably Tuesday at propagandareportdaily.com You can get all our podcasts and um of this show and then we also do stuff uh, uh, regular podcast, But um, this is the live show taking calls 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to take a couple of calls and then uh, I want to read I really feel like reading the whole darn article. Um, Let me tell you the just the title of the article. This is on the Huffington Post. Alex Jones free speech in quotes scare quotes Uh, shouldn't be your primary concern. And it goes from there. So let us go to uh, Richard and Ackworth. Richard, you are on with Monica.
1: Yeah, I'll try to be brief. Um, I'm just wondering why everybody's creating such a big uproar when the social media controls who gets on their platforms that nobody gets on broadcast journalists or the print media are controlling who gets on their platforms.
2: That's a fantastic point. I mean, it is absolute, and I would say, you know, now that you make that point, that it's an extension of the same phenomenon, which is they are propagandizing us, they are censoring, they are controlling that message. And in the big six news conglomerates, whatever, mainstream media that we get, uh, you know, projected out of the glowing box 24-7 it's very clear what they're—I think it's very clear what they're doing, but 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 the majority of voters—I would say the majority of voters believe the majority of what they hear from cable uh, news, but it's very clear what they're doing there, and I would say they're actually doing the same thing now. Would you agree with that, Richard? Oh,
1: absolutely. And nobody raises a fuss, nobody says anything when they keep people off their platforms Yet everybody's going to jump on social media for doing the very same thing.
2: I mean, and what do you think is the answer? How do you, how do we get the real facts that we need?
1: Monica, the problem is we don't have an educated populace. They do not want to do their own research. They don't care. They hear it. It must be true. That's it.
2: Yeah. I, and and
1: I, that's, that's a sad point we've reached, but that's where it is.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that a big part of this is the... Is, Uh, When I see, because I have kids in all different schools, Catholic, secular, private, and uh, public. And I see, I'm really seeing uh, a lot of profound differences in all those. Although, uh, across the board, schools are influenced by Common Core and the general level of propaganda in the world. But they're showing, the kids are... Uh, really being propagandized on the one hand and because the propaganda is so ham-handed they can't really teach them how to analyze it and as a matter of fact common core takes the concept of analyzing it right out of the out of the equation because uh maybe it's not specifically Common Core, but a lot of this testing and everything, I've used this example before, quoted my son before and saying, and my daughter chimed in in total agreement, oh, all these standardized tests I've been taking, I've been learning so much from the reading comprehension sections. <laughs> so the reading comprehension sections are supposed to be, you know, if the the questions aren't, is the statement true or false? It's uh, where is where does the statement appear in the, passage. So you're not evaluating the truth. You're assuming it's all true. So they're really taking an analysis out while they're propagandizing the kids. I agree that's the fundamental problem. And so under the guise of educating us by requiring public education, mandating it, forcing it, they're saying that, oh, without it, we'd all be ignorant. Of course, without it, we would be less ignorant. Even if we couldn't read, we would be less ignorant because we're we're being fed disinformation. and I And it's not beyond I think it's it's in evidence that Alex Jones propagates disinformation at a deeper level of um, you know this the operation of the total information state, but the issue of whether or not big tech should and can ban him is a real one that we should be looking at. And of course I will always come down on the universal application of fundamental principles. So we need to separate business and state. So big tech should not be operating on platforms paid for or fostered by the government and freedom of speech should not be uh uh limited based on i think he's obviously being limited because he's propagating narratives that conflict with the official narrative that supports the welfare warfare super state so that's nothing new <laughs> <laughs> you know how i think about these things i'm going to john in atlanta hi john uh you're on with monica
1: hey monica i just wanted to point out a couple things um I, I think a good question here would be, what exactly did he get banned for? <laughs> yes! And, exactly. <laughs> it, it, and, and I just wanted to say that there is there is people on the other side, like this new lady that works at the New York Times or wherever, said some disgusting things about people, and their accounts are constantly like up and almost promoted. You know what I mean? So I want to know who pushes this man. Is, Alex Jones has been on YouTube on these platforms for going on 15 years now. He was successful before that, but um, – and why all of a sudden now, right before these midterm elections, is this push – who pushes for him to be banned off that? And, and why isn't the, the standard held for the same size? You know, and when they kick him off for this stuff, it's almost like it has a reverse effect of what they think it's going to do because people end up just going directly to his website His name gets popular, you know what I mean? Dude, John,
2: it's like you and Binkley are the same person. Like, if you could hear, sometimes you can hear us on the commercial breaks. If you could hear us on the commercial breaks, Binkley was taking off all those. I hope, Binkley, that you wrote down what John was saying, because I'm going to let you address it one by one.
3: Well, he was talking about the Streisand effect. Barbara Streisand didn't want anybody knowing where her house was. Somebody had taken pictures of it, and they posted it online. And I believe she sued them because she was trying to keep it a secret. And by suing them, it caused an uproar, and everybody went and looked to see where her house was. So it's a similar thing and I, I, I
2: think it might be on purpose though see because you oh, yeah. know i think that alex jones is a double agent so why would they try to ban him i think that maybe
3: they're promoting him it's quite possible i mean alex jones is going to be okay i'm certain that he is making a ton of money off of this yeah and i'm not trying to argue
2: that point i don't care if people believe me i'm just saying i'm ta- I, yeah. we're having this discussion completely outside whether i like or dislike alex jones yeah, which yeah. is so hard for people to get not right obviously people are calling understand that we're having a discussion here but but the emotionalism out there people always think like why do you hate trump why do you love trump why do you hate alex jones why do you love alex jones i don't hate or love we're talking yeah
3: i know (laughs) the the world is not a playing card it's not two-dimensional you know one side or the other it's we can you can uh not like alex jones and you can also not like what they did to him that is possible and so
2: so what did and that's that's where the left should be ashamed of itself because there used to be Uh, The anti-war left is gone. The pro-labor union, pro-labor, let's just say pro-labor left is gone um, because there's a tension between that and immigration stuff and the civil libertarian left, which I think libertarians cannot be on the left because the welfare state is contrary to freedom. But there there is a sincere. Uh, left philosophy yeah. that wants civil rights, but these people are abandoning all their principles because they're being emotionally triggered. But I, I want you to address some of the other st- stuff John said. Like, what exactly did Alex say? And and uh, yeah. and isn't aren't there other people who are worse? And what what's with the timing here?
3: Well, a, a couple of things he mentioned. He was talking about who pushed it out there, who was trying to get him removed. CNN, MSNBC, those two predominantly, I know of have been pushing openly pushing to get him removed from those platforms for a couple of months now. Oh, wait,
2: wait. This folds in with your, you found those two-year-old Hillary clips. Yeah. And then the seller let's do that in the long segment at the bottom of the hour so finish what you're saying and let, let we'll get to those clips after yeah. which will tie this all up and above
3: so you have these major media networks openly advocating to have him re- removed they were like challenging uh facebook um employees and uh youtube employees why haven't you removed them yet why are you allowing this now well, that's that- always
2: a sign of insecurity when you want to silence the opposition
3: Also, there were Democrats in Congress when they, uh, one of the – a couple of the Facebook employees were testifying on Capitol Hill. It wasn't Zuckerberg. It was some of the other ones. They were saying, so how many strikes is he going to get before you remove him? Why is he still on the site? So there was congressmen and women who were advocating to have him removed. So here you have big tech, you have big media, and you have people in Congress uniting together to openly say, get him off.
2: Isn't that the definition of fascism? Exactly. When the government, the yes, corporation, exactly- <laughs> join together to promote business and restrict rights, and the end, you know, when they—fascism does include. Socialism. So they take their ill-gotten gains and they silence you with bread and circuses.
3: Yeah, and this is what people need to remember. It's not about Alex Jones. It's about what you just said right there, because there's going to be a point in time where you're going to disagree with what you see in the news. And if you speak out about that and they decide they don't want you talking, those three are going to get together again and you're going to be gone, regardless of what side you're on.
2: Right. And, And if but if things go as they are, very few people will be left who can
3: think. Right, and,
2: <laughs> so, but yes, and you can finish, but can, we gotta go.
3: They've conditioned us to to not to be so angry and so bloodthirsty with this trial battle. People don't care that they subvert the justice system. They don't. They go. I don't care that they're not presenting actually any evidence because he's a monster. So just get rid of him.
2: Yeah, the ends justify the means is really what what that is amounting to. Think about. I'll let you guys ponder that during the break while you listen to the great commercials. I'm not belittling our fair sponsors, and then after the break, I want to talk to Vince, who said it's reminiscent of Malcolm X. Let's oh, uh, let's get into that. I like that, and um, and then at the bottom of the hour, I want to play your clips, and I would love to read that uh, scathing article. <laughs> This is Monica Perez.
1: Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
2: Continuing this conversation about the uh, um, Alex Jones, his speech being suppressed. If you I think you know what we're talking about by now, even if you just tuned in, you can catch up. But I am absolutely eager to hear what caller Vince has to say. Let's get to that right away. Hey, Vince, you're on with Monica.
1: Yeah, hey, Monica. Um, I, uh, I, just all of this discussion reminded me of uh, the book, uh, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, great book. And in it, he talks about how when um, he was very controversial, uh, the left really pushed for him to be able to speak at Harvard and Columbia and, and other things like that. And, uh, you know, you just talked about um, the, you know, the, the traditional left. Um, and now it's just the opposite. When, um, when you've got controversial speakers, the left wants to shut him down, uh, doesn't want it to air the discussions. You know, and the funny thing is, it was Malcolm X coming and speaking at Harvard and, and Columbia that engaged people in conversations that actually ended up changing people's minds. But they want to do literally the opposite thing right now.
2: And, you know, I I'm going to um, take this to another level and say it even changed it, this. This process that Malcolm X went through is a demonstration of what we need to do here. So he changed his own mind as well. He he took the intellectual journey that the search for truth brought him on. So in the beginning he was vitriolic and uh and did see things in terms of racial hatred. I don't wanna oversimplify his message. I agree with you. Read that book. It was great. It really moved me. And then when he took the next level, because if you keep searching for truth you will get through, you'll break through that stuff. So then he found they he said, oh, that isn't really the problem. There's a different problem. And that's when he got killed because he saw through the deeper truth. And you know, there's somebody local whose politics, my guess is on every single solitary issue I would disagree with, But Cynthia McKinney is a local politician who had the courage of her convictions and kept going for the truth and going for the truth. And you love it until, even if it's controversial, until... It hits where the bread is buttered or whatever. And, and uh, through a tumultuous career, I think at the end, maybe she was districted out of a spot. I think she calls it being McKinney. But I'm saying I, I don't have to agree with her or Malcolm X or, or anybody in particular. But what you need is the honest search for truth, self-honesty, Binkley. And I think Binkley had to say something about that. You, you said 40%? something
3: really important right there is if. We put the search for truth, the continued search for truth, truth as our primary objective above all else, as opposed to the desire to satisfy these tribal urges that the media is propagating within us, then we will all be better off. And. We will have to become uncomfortable because there will be times in the search for truth that we are wrong. And that's uncomfortable, but that also enables us to grow. Because right now, in the state that the country's in, nobody's growing, nobody's learning, nobody's evolving, nobody's reaching a higher level of consciousness with this type of conversation.
2: And you know, that that uncomfortable because you're wrong thing, yeah. that's actually, in my experience, just a membrane that once you're pe- you've penetrated that and you're on the other side of it, yep. it doesn't hurt to be wrong. You love it. Your your mind is growing. And that's the kind of thing we should be going through as kids in school, yeah. penetrating a personal connection to some idea that you may or may not be able to prove and then say, well, that's immature. Rise above that, and then we can have a real civic a civically responsible body politic.
3: That's how we get to the fifth dimension. If we, That's how we grow together, you know?
2: Agreed. And I know you wanted to compliment John, the previous caller. Thank you, Vince, for that great call. We're doing it right now, so it's being done. Yeah. Don't fall for it. And uh, But let's continue this. We've got a few good tidbits for you coming up next. This is Monica Perez.
1: Monica Perez.
2: It's like everything I've been brought up to believe was all made of full.
1: On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
2: This is Monica Perez. I know I love the new drops. Alicia, thank you very much. I particularly like these movie ones. I love when people compliment me, so I appreciate those too. (laughs) But these ones just crack me up. Uh, So thank you for that. And um, Binkley, we, so we have been, my producer Binkley, of course, if you're just tuning in. I've never tuned in before. Binkley's the one who brings all these great clips that trigger me. And he's always trolling, not trolling in the sense of harassing people, but trolling, maybe trolling for stuff uh, from the left to.
3: I like to call it intelligence gathering.
2: Insight. There you go. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to use pejoratives in your direction, <laughs> but you bring this stuff and it's interesting, and I don't hear it anyplace else. And and one of the calls earlier, Vince and John brought us two calls. Brought us uh, to a point where I want to. I want you were telling me about something coming full circle, and I wasn't fully grasping it until uh, as the show has progressed, I understand more and more. But tell me in a nutshell what you're saying, and then give me the clips that support it.
3: Okay. Brian Stelter, it, it relates to Hillary Clinton. Brian
2: Stelter is a CNN. CNN. Anchor. And he
3: hosts reliable sources. On Sunday morning, he during his show, and I have a clip. He he talked about how the Trump and his allies, implying Alex Jones. He always talks about Alex Jones too, that they are spreading a movement of hate across America, and. He said that the morning that they were banned. Later that day, Apple bans them for hate speech. So there's a similar theme there. Then I heard Pod Save America. Which is what again? Pod Save America is a very popular podcast. It now has a series on HBO that is hosted by former Obama aides, including his speechwriter. It's a propaganda outlet is what it is. And they said some similar things that Stelter said and even cited one of the examples of uh they cited an example of like hate speech on the internet that i it 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 hit me and i was like they're repeating the same thing that hillary clinton said in her famous alt-right speech in august of 2016 i went back and watched the speech
2: do you have we did a whole show on that i think Mm -hmm. where we basically anticipated a lot of how this propaganda was going to unfold and I wonder, maybe by the end of the show, you can figure out the episode number. I think that was around when she introduced the idea of like a basket of deplorables. Yes, it was that. And and um, so it would be nice to be able to get to go back and listen to that. I think for some people. Go ahead.
3: Well, she kind of introduced like her whole the whole theme of that speech is that Donald Trump is. She actually ends a speech saying that. He wants to make America great again. Seems like he wants to make America hate again. And she set the theme that we would be hearing for the next two years. That has kind of come full circle, starting with Brian you know, Stelter.
2: It's that kind of stuff. If you, and I go back and forth on this. I go back and forth on whether there are really two factions. They're all working for the welfare, warfare, super state, globalists, bankers, blah, blah. I totally think the military industrial complex is ruling the Western world and all the money and blah blah but is it are they really are there really two parties fighting for the corners the way the mob families do within the larger context of the mob or are they all pretending to be two sides in order to launch these dialectics that get us to compromise in this um in this tyrannical System and when I hear her setting the stage for the theme of Trump's uh, Trump's administration or whatever, at least the way the left is presenting it, I either think they're all in on it together or these guys know that having the opposition in power is a great opportunity to consolidate and grow your base. And I got that because somebody told me once, a long time ago in radio when I was. Uh, lamenting that Obama looked like he was going to get reelected, Not that I want a Republican instead, but that Ron Paul wasn't winning. <laughs> uh, they said, oh, but as a radio host, you got to love having Obama in office because then that gives you all sorts of stuff to talk about. And I was kind of horrified that somebody would put it in such pragmatic terms when I'm, you know, I'm... I'm here to exchange ideas, you know, and I was like, yeah, so I can yeah. see how they would be a little bit um, manipulative the like that. Lenin,
3: the Stalin, that was a major, that was a major thing. You can gain power, like if you're far from power, the further you are from power, if you can, uh, if you're a community organizer, this is what they talk about in the communist literature, then the, then the more you can just propagate and you can further your agenda when when the other person is in power.
2: Yeah, and you can see it, actually, with Republicans, too, because they're like, oh, we need to cut spending. And then, like, without, uh, you know, like a tree falling in the forest with no one there to hear it, there's a $1.3 trillion deficit, <laughs> and nobody well- seems to know where it can. <laughs> so they're desperate to lose power so that they can keep the spending yeah, yeah, yeah. and the rhetoric going. So they anyway. can be
3: the people on the outside fighting the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They, Which Amos. is ironic
3: this time because the people who think they're fighting the man are siding with uh, the the apparently now moral authorities of America, the largest corporations in the world. That's real rock and oh, roll I resistance. Know. Yes,
2: big tech save us.
3: One more thing about the Hillary Clinton speech. That's also the speech where she introduced to the world... Alex. She introduced the people who, did, who weren't aware of Alex oh. Jones. Alex Jones. This is really coming full circle.
2: Yeah, the Strice effect was so clear. That I think is what we emphasized. I was like, you know what, Alex Jones had no legitimacy at all. And I remember before that, well before that, maybe a year before that, on Bill O'Reilly, somebody referred to Al- somebody an Alex Jones uh, guy disrupting a news press conference or whatever. And Bill O'Reilly said, oh, who's Alex Jones? And and the chick was like, oh, he's the worst. You should never, no one should Google Alex Jones right now. <laughs> you know? And I was yeah. just like, really? Who's this, Alex Jones?
3: Don't it's, think about a pink elephant.
2: Exactly. It's like when Mario Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo's father, was governor of New York. When I was a teenager, he was like all about the crack epidemic. And I was like, what's crack? you know my dad's like what's crack you know i'm like but i i heard the governor anyway truly
3: interesting
2: i know it's a, it's it was a you know growing up in new york you get exposed to some crazy stuff so keep going with your
3: uh well, okay she... so you're gonna
2: play these clubs for us right i, I can play
3: them yeah I've... aren't you or yeah, was that, that not the plan let's do that let's play let's first play brian stelters which was sunday and then we'll, then we'll play... No,
2: play Hillary's first.
3: So oh, you want to hear Hillary's yeah. first? Okay, here is Hillary. This is 2016 in Reno. Um,
0: I remember this when she was wearing a pants. He shirt. says he wants to make America great again, but more and more it seems as though his real message seems to be make America hate again.
2: Wow. Like, you listen to her and you think... The, no one's voting to hear that voice for four years. I'm yeah. not trying to be uh, uh, obnoxious or like I'm a hater, but there's just you know just such something totally so uncharismatic about it. It's almost like
3: lose on purpose. Well, let's listen to her one more time. Okay. Donald Trump has
0: built his campaign on prejudice and paranoia. He is taking hate groups mainstream.
3: Okay, and finally this will be the last Hillary that will play today's clips.
0: It's also what happens when you listen to the radio host Alex Jones, who claims that 9-11 and the Oklahoma City bombings were inside jobs. He even said, and this really just is so disgusting. He even said the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre were child actors and no one was actually killed there. I don't know what happens in somebody's mind or how dark their heart must be to say things like that. I
2: need to, can I address that? Is that Go ahead, the please. Okay. How dark their heart must be to say things like this. Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> if he thought that little children died at Sandy Hook and said that, that would be a sick, nasty thing. Agreed. But if he thinks that children were not killed there and that this is a serious subversion of government, that would be a rational, even a virtuous thing to say.
3: Yeah, if he believes that it is yeah. true. Yeah, and
2: so what's the answer? To have evidence, I would say. Exactly,
3: I would In agree. Rhetorical. evidence, And
2: Oklahoma City... Dude, you don't want to peel that onion. If you if you don't have a strong constitution, there is a... I forget the guy's name. But you can find it in a flash. Although, post-Parkland, you can't find stuff like this in a flash anymore on YouTube. But there was a general, a, a demolitions expert that came out immediately on OKC and said, oh, let me show you why the official story simply cannot be true. These internal support beams of the Oklahoma City thing were not did not come down in a radius around the bomb, which is how it absolutely had to have happened if the official story was true. Some beam in the back of the building collapsed and one in front of it did not collapse. So there's another answer, let's get to that. And uh, Oklahoma City is just, just, you just don't wanna go down that.
3: Look, if there's something that they aren't going to put up with, it's evidence, because evidence (laughs) would help people actually come to solid conclusions.
2: Yeah, my guess is that guy isn't around for interviews anymore. Um, right, okay, so give me Stelter. Let's hear
3: Stelter. This is Brian Stelter. Stelter? Last this is Sunday, how much
2: I watch CNN.
3: Okay. He's a CNN host of Reliable Sources, the most unreliable show on uh, CNN. And <laughs> he said this before Apple came out later, the day, later in that day and made their, um, their statement.
1: More and more, I think hate movement is the proper term for what's going on. Hmm. But President Trump is not just telling his fans to ignore what we report. He's telling people that we are the enemy. Trump and some of his allies are promoting a hate movement against the American press.
3: Wow, Hillary sounded like a man in that clip.
1: (laughs) Yes,
2: he echoes her, but I have to add two things that he brings out. One is that he's implying that the press is a protected group. You know what I mean? Like, he's hating us. And I also can't help but think with the hate is that it's like that famous, uh, I would like to say it was a learned hand decision, but it might have been Oliver Wendell's, I can't remember, (laughs) Um, that he said, I can't, I I forget who it was, who said, I can't describe porn, but I know it when I see it. I feel like hate is like that. I can't describe hate. Jim Acosta did not (laughs) make that Supreme Court ruling. (laughs) But um, that hate... You know, hate is like that. So that the New York Times chick or the CNN panelist who says, well, it's not hate if the object is white. It's only hate if the subject is white.
3: Yeah, and that is the perfect way to really stir up and and try (laughs) to make people hate. It's terrible. That's
2: how a dialectic is born. You know, like like making sure that everybody on both sides can be vehemently opposed to what the other person is saying.
3: I want to point something out about Stelter there that you said. I don't have the clip on me, but he did this in this episode. Trump d- has never said that the press is the enemy of the people. He has said that fake news is the enemy of the people. And Brian Stelter, in this episode, put up Donald Trump's tweet yes! where he says the I fake news that. Is the en- are the enemy of the people. Yes. He read the tweet, and then after reading the tweet, he said Donald Trump said that the press journalists are the enemy of the people. He just- I
2: think you played that for me on a podcast that we did. I wish you had the episode for that. So we're going to take a break and find if you could, because that was really fascinating how they were um, misconstruing Trump's words. After the break, if we have time, we're going to do find out the episode number for that, for the Hillary thing, and then I'd like to read a couple of passages from this crazy article. Uh, coming up next, this is Monica Perez.
1: Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that... I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at a.m. 750, WSB.
2: We are wrapping it up, and I got to tell you, I just can't believe I arranged my summer so poorly. I am taking next week off to go to the Jersey Shore with my mom and my family. She's 89 and a half. She'll <laughs> still throw the half in. And, uh, and I got to ninety. It. She she has actually said she's 90. So, I think it's funny that she's still lying about her age. <laughs> to be older. Try to get some credibility because yeah. she's 90. Hey, I'm 90. I'm not one of these 89-year-olds. I'm 90. So, uh anyway, I I just did a bad job scheduling. So, I am not I squandered what might be my last 3-hour show for the season. I'm very sorry about that. Fortunately, and then I'll be back. I'll probably be on Sundays during football season, which is great. I love that. Thank you, WSP. And uh, but if you if you have the Jones for Perez and Binkley, there's uh, we have over a hundred recent like the past year or two podcasts um all commercial free of this show and of the podcasts we do so binkley why do well you can go to propagandareportdaily.com to get that but we were referring to two do you know the episode numbers of the two i wanted to direct people to earlier
3: I don't have them on me right now, but I'm going right. to find them, and I will get them out okay, later. Okay, well, this will
2: get people to follow you on Twitter, at Freedom Axe Radio. Yes, it's a good idea. And he'll send that out. And I am at Monica Perez Show, and I tweeted out the same article like three times with different commentary earlier this week. But I want to read you some passages of it. I actually have a little bit of time here, so... Uh, this is uh, a. It's an article called "Alex Jones: Free Speech Shouldn't Be Your Primary Concern." It's from Huffington Post, but if it's from an Atlanta local, and Noah Chenga, who I was reading this article, sharing it, shared it with Binkley, only to discover that he'd actually played clips of her. She's a local activist. I thought she was a local lawyer, but she's an activist. Um, and lawyer. And lawyer. Okay. And uh, and she's with Netroots Nation. And and weren't you saying that she? She was the one who were who was defending or even spearheading she, yeah. the effort to shout down Stacey Evans. She was Stacey, one.
3: Yeah, she, she was part of the group that shouted down Stacey Evans when she was trying to give her speech at Netroots Nation, simply because, and this is what they were saying, she's white and, and, and going up against Stacey Abrams, and they.
2: Okay, and then that so so for me that's an example of selective freedom of speech so that makes more sense because this story is about how about the alex jones thing to defend him is racist like that's what's so so weird about it is she says um i can't say this strongly enough jones is not the hill any free speech advocate should want to die on uh and i'm just going to read you some passages i think you know Need my commentary. In a purely academic conversation, protecting free speech, regardless of content, seems to make sense. But free speech absolutism ignores the fact that in reality, speech is not supported equally across all topics and platforms for everyone. This lens fails to consider the actual power dynamics at play and how society works in favor and support of those who uphold white supremacy and white fragility. But what she's saying is to protect universal free speech. She actually says it somewhere else, I think, that it's um, uh, about the status quo. Yeah, it says um, Springer, I don't know, uh, argued that we need to shift beyond this purely academic discourse of absolute free speech and look at the real material conditions that end up reinforcing the status quo, a status quo that disproportionately regulates and limits the actions of marginalized communities. Now, I'm just going to take this one issue and then um, you can read the rest of the article. There's like a thousand trigger issues in here Uh, and say that that free speech is is actually designed to do the exact opposite. Privilege, status quo, um, uh, having advantages over other people. That's when you want to freeze rights and laws and stuff. That's when you want to lock it in. Like Marlboro was responsible. I read this. I, I don't know if I could prove it right this second, but that they were in favor of ending tobacco ads because they had the dominant market share. And advertising might encroach on that. It's free yeah. speech that helps you break through the stranglehold of the hierarchy. And, of course, this could go on for hours, but it <laughs> can't go on for hours. So check out PropagandaReportDaily.com. This is Monica Perez with Brian Winkley. Thank you, Alicia, Rachel. And uh, we'll be back, hopefully, two weeks from today.